0: Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon, and this is the first of our bonus episodes highlighting some of the amazing poster presenters from this year's ACNL annual conference. We'll be airing these bonus episodes on the second Friday of the month, and we hope you'll check them out. Our guest today is Kayla Rabb, BSN, RN, PHN. Kayla is pursuing a concurrent Master of Science in Nursing, or MSN, and Doctor of Nursing Practice, or DNP, program with an adult geriatric acute care nurse practitioner concentration with Maryville University of St. Louis in Missouri. Her DNP project focuses on nurses' attitudes and preparedness toward delegation to nursing assistant personnel. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me. So happy to be here.
0: Yes, it's great to have you. And we're so interested in talking about your DNP project and actually your project looked at delegation as an underutilized resource for nurses especially during the high volume periods that we've had over the last couple of years and how did you come to this topic
1: yeah so when covid hit i was actually in the middle of a different topic for my dnp project it was on oral care in the hospital and you know based on how it was designed with the covid restrictions at that time there was no way i was going to be able to implement it so i scrapped it and i for the new topic which is this topic I wanted to create a project that was meaningful to the nursing community given everything that was going on. I, I still needed buy-in for people to participate. So the idea was what 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 do people care about now in the nursing community? And so I cold called and emailed about like 40 nursing organizations and I asked them, What's important to you? What are you seeing? Uh tell me more. I need I need I'd like your insight on this. And that actually led me on a path to dig deeper into nursing stress and uh, burnout and the sustainability of the nursing workforce in the long term. Um, and I read up on some interventions that we had done in the past to address these problems, but the problems were still there, at least at the time when COVID hit. And you can only imagine, we, can, we could have only imagined at that time that they were just going to get worse, you know, sprinkle a little bit of a novel pandemic on those. And they're just that timeline that we had originally, I say we that um, researchers had originally predicted was going to be a shortage in like 2030. But then with this pandemic, for sure, that timeline got a lot shorter. And that's actually what really interested me um, to pursue this topic further. And I had a bunch of ideas, I have a bunch of ideas for how we could address these issues. But first, I needed to understand the basics, you know, on the atom level, what, uh, what do nurses feel about, delegation what are their attitudes towards it do they know what delegation really is and then go from there and that would then create the foundation for future research to build on and idea implementation
0: that's great and i love this topic because it's not really discussed a lot in our training as nursing students or even once we're professionals it's one of those things as that you learn on the job but without much yeah. preparation did you have an experience where you were challenged with the um, topic of delegation, or that where it was di- really difficult to know how to delegate? When I first got out of nursing school,
1: I was on a very busy unit, a DOU, and uh, it, they said, when I was hired, they said you can make it on the DOU, you can make it anywhere, and they it was <laughs> I <believe> chaotic. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was chaotic, and uh, it was all about you know it, there was always something happening. You know, your patients were in the middle of ICU and regular floors, and so. Very intense. And I think that I could not have gotten by in that job if I had I not delegated. I don't think I really realized the ramifications of how crucial delegation really is until actually this project. Um, but you really have to, you, you depend, I depended so much on my team to get through the day, especially with, you know, I had four patients max on that floor. And so one patient's mm-hmm. going up this way, one patient's going that way. There was also a geriatric floor. So we got there, you know, pleasantly confused patients trying to climb out of bed or thinking that, you know, they're be trying to be killed by the staff, you know, just like all these things that were going right. on. So I would not have been able to survive without delegation there. And I think looking back, um, that's what's really saved me and my patients.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And we're really interested to hear more about the work that you've done for your study. And can you tell us a little bit about the methodology that you used in particular for the study?
1: Yeah, uh, basically with the uncertainty of where COVID was going to go and how that was going to affect our healthcare system, I created the the project was 100% online. It was an online uh, survey study. So anybody could access it anywhere, anytime, regardless of what was going on in the world and um, researchers for delegation practice have recommended that people just have like a little educational refresher a little educational module of some kind so I created a video that really dug into, delved into the delegation details and all the things that you th- thought you knew, you really didn't know, or you knew completely. And, um, I created that it was sandwiched in between a pre and post survey. So I could capture uh, I, I could capture the, the changes if any, between the before and after the survey with, um, how you, how nurses felt about delegation, how they felt that they approached delegation. And um, I collaborated with the American Nurses Association of California and nurse.org to get that disseminated, to get participants to, partic- to, to join. And um, it worked out really well actually, very exciting. That's
0: great. And yeah. any specific demographics that you were looking at specifically for the study?
1: Yes, it's very specific. it was very specific. Um, <laughs> I wanted acute care nurses working in California who worked in the acute care, okay, the acute care setting on units that were one to three ratio, staffing ratios or more. So that basically eliminated the peri the um, ICUs and the emergency departments. Um, these are because the one to three and plus staffing ratios generally used nursing assistance in the way that I was looking at them. And this is just the beginning, you know, so future I hope to like go deeper in more specified. But I also wanted to make sure that I captured nurses who were not brand new in their either role or to the nursing world in general. So not no new grads, because that would affect how they approached delegation as well.
0: Mm, That's really interesting. And, and I really am interested in hearing more about that. Because I mean, especially as someone who's a new grad, you're right, the experience is really different than someone who's had more years of experience in the nursing field. So that's really interesting. And I would. I also wanted to ask. You know, some of our listeners might be thinking we already delegate so much as it is in nursing. So how can this be a problem, or what challenges can come up with this?
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. But yeah, there actually are a lot of there are a couple barriers that research has shown that uh, that prevent nurses or people from delegating properly in general, and they're actually pretty big uh, when you think about them, like uh, communication deficits you know between the team itself between the nurse and the nurse assistant or really whoever um, there are gaps in the training or the formal education of delegation like you mentioned before it's not really something that's emphasized like happies and cotties and things like that and there's also this kind of un- misunderstanding about my scope of practice and the nurse assistant scope of practice and where are right. different and where we come together and it's really where we come together that overlapping part that there's a lot of uncertainty of where where we stand. And it makes, I can understand why, because there is a lot of vagueness when it comes to the nursing assistant's role as defined in the California's Nursing Practice Act. And then when you consider the settings that nurse assistants work in, outpatient versus inpatient, they have sometimes very different tasks and roles. So um, yeah, it's no wonder people are kind of confused. Um, and then there are the sub-themes in the research too, uh, like teamwork and trust, those types of emotional influences. There's the nursing leader influence, the underutilization of what's even out there that we can work with. And then there's the perception of not having enough time. And Those things generally get in the way.
0: Right, absolutely. And I would imagine in the last two years with the pandemic, the roles and scope is even more confusing because we've had For elevation sure. of a lot of these roles nursing, assistive personnel, nurses, physicians, APPs, or advanced practice providers. Everyone has had to change their function a little bit. So I can imagine that the delegation was even more uh, necessary during these challenging times. And and I did want to say, too, at ACNL, our members are nurse leaders. We have a lot of nurse leaders in our membership. Some are nurse managers, directors, or even uh, chief nursing officers or chief nursing executives. And is the problem of, is delegation actually a challenge for primarily for frontline nurses, acute care nurses, or other frontline staff? Or do you see leaders also having this challenge with delegation? It's a really great question. And
1: I will say first, I don't know in terms of nursing (laughs) leaders, but that's something I really want to investigate once I'm done with this project and I can take on another project. I think that this would be the next great insight that I would love to understand um, because I think that would help us understand this bigger picture of where can we fix things? How can we make things better? Um, but in terms of delegating more, I, I know that delegation is important to everybody um, and uh, some everybody delegates to some degree.
0: Yeah, no, that would be interesting. And I'm a, a nurse leader myself. And I know that yeah. there's a lot of factors that could absolutely impact nursing yes. leaders and their ability to delegate, whether it's their resources, how big their team is who their Mm -hmm. supervisors are, what their role specifically is. So, so yeah, that would be a really interesting topic. And we'll have to invite you back when you, when you dive more deeply into that. Please (laughs) do,
1: I would love to talk about some more stuff. (laughs) Yes,
0: absolutely. And I also wanted to mention, you know, delegation might reduce one nurse's stress, but does it help accumulatively? Does it help nurses in the aggregate when it comes to reducing stress? Um, so in other words, does delegating simply shift stress onto someone else, or do you think that it's something that could help everyone? Good question. Um,
1: yeah, theory is that delegation does reduce stress and aggregate. Um, but it's not necessarily that you're necessarily that you're moving the stress to somebody else, but it's taking the burden of the workload and just dis- and dispersing it among more than one person. So that way the pressure isn't so focused and concentrated. And when it's dispersed like that, like in, you see in teamwork, um, the stress levels do theoretically reduce that way. So it's sharing the love.
0: <laughs> I love that. I mean, it is, it does align a lot with our, our team-based approach, especially yes. with our more, more modern healthcare models of care. Mm-hmm. And so, so yes, I do absolutely like that idea of sharing this workload, working together as a team rather than you know, maybe one person delegating everything or maybe one person doing all of the work versus not everyone sharing.
1: Right. So
0: absolutely. And we also understand one of your ideas in your project is to train acute care nurses to delegate more to nursing assisted personnel, also known as NAPs. And for listeners who don't know, could you briefly explain what NAPs are and what their functions are? Yeah,
1: so an NAP is based, it stands for nursing assistant or nursing assistive personnel. And it's just an umbrella term that really captures the CNA role, the certified nursing assistant role, the nursing aid or nursing assistant role, the unlicensed assistance, assistive personnel or AP uh, assistive personnel. Really, all those people that are either certified or uncertified, but they do the general tasks like bathing, cleaning, um, repositioning, feeding, things like that um, that are outside that are that um, the nurse can delegate to to do those tasks those are like the assignments the routine things and then where delegation comes in it's it's still within the scope of practice but it's like a concentric circle so if you've got your assignment as the inner circle and then you've got the delegation circle that's outside of it that's still within the scope of practice of these work of these of this role um but it does not involve you know the nursing process remember from like undergrad what was it AdPi, yes yes assess diagnose plan implement and evaluation so those things cannot be delegated, but then, you know, based on where you're working, other things
0: can, and they would,
1: you know, fall within that circle for this particular role.
0: Yes, thank you so much for explaining more about that. (laughs) And are there risks or liabilities that might be associated with delegating certain responsibilities to unlicensed or unregistered personnel?
1: For sure there are. And this was something I learned about uh, as I was putting together all this, the content for this video, um, that, There's a huge liability where if you are delegating a task to a nurse assistant and it's inappropriate, it's outside of the scope of practice, for example, um, you as a nurse are liable for doing that improper delegation. But also, this is the thing, uh, the nurse assistant who accepts and says, yeah, sure, I'll do that task, and it's inappropriate for them, it's outside of their scope, they're also liable too. And um, there are a couple of other finer details that are kind of involve this inappropriate delegation and accepting the inappropriate delegated task, but um, that's something that I found really interesting. And um, there, the NSO, the Nursing Service Organization, talks about um, how not understanding your scope of practice or not really understanding the state's NPA or your facilities policies is not a good defense in a court of law. So it's really your responsibility right. as the delegator and the or whatever your role is, to know what your scope is and what's appropriate, what's not appropriate.
0: Absolutely. And I thank you for sharing that as a caution because delegation is great when, when it is permitted under the appropriate scope of practice for those uh, unlicensed personnel that you might be working with. But even for licensed personnel, you know, you want nurses to be working at their appropriate scope of practice as well, exactly. and also advanced practice providers. We see a lot of confusion sometimes with physicians and also nurses and advanced practice nurses when it comes to the delegation. So it, <laughs> is, it is a fine line sometimes between what is what will be helpful for the team or for the individual, but what will also be within scope or within regulation. So absolutely yeah. urge everyone to take a look at their state, state legislature for um, scope of practice for some of these um, positions as well mm-hmm. when looking into this. Definitely. And I do want to say as nurses, you know, as a nurse myself and and, and as a nurse for you, you know, collectively, I could say that nurses, it can be really difficult to delegate and let go of control over more aspects Mm -hmm. of patient care. And, (laughs) and, you know, so I feel for nurses, it could be pretty difficult to delegate. And when you have a patient, you take responsibility for them. And there can be this temptation to do everything yourself to make sure it's done right. And how do you overcome that need to be in control all the time? How, how can we help with, how can we help ourselves with being comfortable with delegating?
1: Gosh, it is a hard thing to, I think, overcome because I'm still struggling with that myself. Um, I love control. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I think that there's this toxic mindset, but it's a prevalent mindset that, you know, we can do it all and we can do it all better than if we gave it to somebody else to do because, you know, we're, we can, we can do it. Um, And I think that it's short-sighted and it really only hurts ourselves and our patients in the end. And Yes, I understand that the patient is your responsibility in every aspect of them, but they're, but it's the team's responsibility. There needs to be that shift of, um, responsibility where yes, you are the head, but there's also you have teammates and you need to utilize them. And there's no quicker way to burn out than trying to do everything yourself. And, um, you know, nursing is not a solo show. It's all about teamwork and that's, that is the nature of nursing. Um, so I think, you know, if we can address this topic that more teamwork is needed and, and and we can approach it through better delegation, better availability of resources to delegate like nursing assistants' presence on units. And I think that nursing leaders play a huge role in making that happen um, and setting up an environment that's appropriate that you know facilitates that to happen. But it's going to take a lot more education right. and just awareness, I think.
0: Right. Absolutely. And it does allude to what you mentioned earlier about trust, right? Building trust within the teams. And I think if there is a lack of that foundational trust, it is really even harder to delegate some of these even basic um, skills for patient care and providing patient care. And so absolutely. And and yes, even though delegation has been around in our practice for many, many years, I think it's still something that we could improve upon when it comes to building our teams in such a way that it is a safe environment, just like you said, and that it is a trust trusting environment among all the professionals that are involved.
1: Yeah. And if I could just add one thing to that, um, what we've, what I've been reading in the, the literature that's out there is that with this trust, these trust issues, these feelings of you know, oh, you're just lazy. You just want to give me more stuff to do, or oh, like, you're just incompetent. You don't know how to do this, so I'm doing it for you. Really toxic feelings like that. I think it also it stems from a lack of understanding of what what is delegation. Why are you being delegated to, and what is the role exactly, and the the purpose of delegating. And I think that with more education and understanding of each other's scopes, uh, I think we can hopefully, you know, I think this might be a great way to address those toxic uh,
0: emotions and
1: attitudes towards
0: it. Right, and you know, and we have seen all this work really well in the pandemic. When all of the um, professionals understand their scope and their ability to work at the top of their licensure, it does help, and with patient outcomes as well. It helps with staff satisfaction. So mm-hmm. definitely a lot of benefits when you do put that extra work to making sure that the infrastructure can support all these different models for the nurses and for the team members. Yeah. And I also wanted to say part of your study involves training acute care RNs on some of the basic principles of delegation. Can you give us some spoilers maybe on what the training included? Sure.
1: I'll also say that this video, I've, I will be editing it for the general public and it will be available for viewing um, on the ANAC's website in the upcoming months. So just, you can right. also watch it yourself if you're interested. Yes, I'm I very interested. Yes. about <laughs> oh, viewing party. Um, so the video itself though encompassed like everything that you could ever desire to know about delegation and it started at the basics. You know, what are the definitions of delegation, NAP, responsibility, assignment, all of these things so that we all are on the same page because there is Data that shows that everyone kind of understands delegation a little bit differently, and so we need to have a clean slate so we're all coming at it at the same direction. And so that's where the the present the video started, and then it talked about accountability and assignment and how and responsibility, and it went into case a case study that kind of explored the nuances of delegation, and then a deeper analysis into what the five rights of delegation are, which are similar to the medication administration process. It's you know the right task right circumstance, right person, right delegations or communication and right supervision or evaluation and really just Kind of feathered that all out so we could really see clearly what was going on. I included pictures, I little doodles to try and like make it as easy to understand as possible because it was really concentrated. It's really you know dense. And then oh, okay. at the end, I, I the NCSBN had a really nice visual that I used um, that had a like um, almost like a Venn diagram where it had the nursing leader, the nurse, and the nurse assistant, and it showed where things overlap and where where their roles were different. And I went into detail about how all those really play and work together. Um, and that's, that's great. kind of, yeah. And that's basically the gist of the video. It's a lot though.
0: That's awesome. That's a lot of great mm-hmm. information. And I do like how you called out the five rights, how it could relate to delegation as well. And yeah. absolutely every, you know, we have a lot of healthcare professionals who understand the five rights. So I think that's something that could be really transferable to this skill. Definitely. And, and have you learned things since concluding the study that you have included at the time or any, any other things that you'd like to share?
1: yeah um two things so if i could go back and change anything i would just add more case studies to the actual video um there was an optional there was an optional program evaluation that participants could fill out if they chose and some of the participants felt that more you know real life examples would be more helpful so there's actually a follow-up video that will be made as well and so just stay tuned there will be more real life examples in that one um so and then i think I had um, been reading about the growth of the nurse role and the nursing assistant role in, Cal- in the United States, according to the BLS and their data. And before COVID, it was interesting where nurses were growing at double the rate of nursing assistants and nursing assistants mm-hmm. were half, they, they're being paid half the amount that nurses were before COVID. And again, you know, the BLS data is a couple of years late for when we finally see it um, or, Pat old but by the time that we see it so then I was thinking you know if nursing assistants are half the price of what nurses cost and nurses are their nurses are very expensive in their you know um, their their big investment wouldn't it be interesting if we could flood the market with the cheaper laborer and that way we can preserve the more expensive worker um, and, you know, would, would, would this be something that we could pursue because it seems just off, you know, super, super superficial. And again, I don't have insight into this yet, but I think that this would be something worth exploring, um, given if we're, cause you know, it always comes down to money. Um, so if the nursing assistants are cheaper, why don't we put more of them on the unit and save the more expensive worker to do the more expensive
0: work? Right. I feel that there are so many interesting things you could look into when it comes to yeah. this work and, and how your models could be developed based on that research and based on those outcomes. So that's really exciting to hear and and we look forward to seeing all the follow-up videos and what you'll do next with this. So thank you so much for being here, Kayla. This was really exciting to talk about. Thank you so much. Kayla Rab is a DNP student focusing on how delegation impacts nurses. We'd love to hear your feedback. Email us at socialmedia at acnl.org and connect with us on LinkedIn and Facebook at ACNL Nurse. You can also rate us and drop a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. ACNL in Action is presented by the Association of California Nurse Leaders with new episodes on the first Friday of every month. And remember to check out our bonus episodes on the second Friday of the month. To learn more about the show or ACNL in general, visit acnl.org. Thank you for listening.